I find this scientifically fascinating. You're listening to KUCI Irvine. Disengage this computer now. Broadcasting at 88.9 FM. Hello, computer. And on the web at KUCI.org. The most reliable computer ever made. And streaming through iTunes. Don't expect any mercy during the Great Robot Wars. Anteater Radio brought to you by machines. Returning to normal broadcast in 3, 2, 1. Good morning, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine, this is Get the Funk Out. Hope nobody's in a funk this holiday season. Christmas is right around the corner, Kwanzaa, shortly thereafter. So happy holidays, whatever you do celebrate. All right, first up is Tim Federley, author of Gone with the Gin, Hickory Daiquiri Dock. Yes, you've, you've heard that correct. Hickory Daiquiri Dock and Tequila Mockingbird. He's joining me talk about his latest book and more. Hi, Tim. Hi, Janine. Thanks so much for calling in. Yeah. <laughs> I love your books. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was saying, uh, what, Jack and Swill should be your next book? <laughs> yeah, I love that. You know, I've got, a, um, I've got a cocktail recipe book for new parents called Hickory Daiquiri Doc, and I've got something in there called Jack and Coke and Chill, but I really like Jack and Swill. Jack and Swill. I needed you about two years ago when I was <laughs> writing that. Hey, I'm not done. I've got more. Good. <laughs> so, Tim, how did this become a passion of yours? Um, you know, it started on kind of a whim. I think everything that used to get me sent to the principal's office as a class clown now gets me paid as a grown-up. I love it. Um, about three years ago, my mom, in passing, said that her book club would get together and they'd eventually end up, you know, uh, opening up the white wine and they forgot to talk about the book. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, there's an idea there. Right. So I wrote this book, Tequila Mockingbird, which is all literary cocktails. And I would take these classic books, uh, like Portrait of a Lady, and it would become Portrait of a Pink Lady, and they, you know, this big book <laughs> of cocktails. And it was sort of a gag, and then all of a sudden the book took off, and it became a clue on Jeopardy, and it was a real kind of uh, unexpected life changer. And so my publisher came back and said, we should do more of these. And uh, so the new one's about movies, and for me, who's a total nerd about things, it's an excuse to watch, you know, 50 classic movies and then come up with sure. cocktails that are, you know, uh, inspired by them. Right, right. No, I love it. And. Um- Tell me your backstory. What, what is your background? My background is, uh, you know, professional class clowning. I was a <laughs> Broadway actor for many years. Then I wrote a book called Better Nate Than Ever. That's a book for middle schoolers about mm-hmm. a kid who's obsessed with Broadway. And, uh, and then I started writing, uh, you know, to, to Keela Mockingbird. But, uh, you know, my backstory really is all about trying to find the funny in situations that aren't always funny. And yeah. I think it's, even when my books seem really punny and silly, mm-hmm. I write them because I think it's such a cool thing when people are able to rewrite their history. And yes. for, as a writer, you're able to um, take things from the past that at one point probably felt like setbacks 
and now use them as plot points, especially if you're writing fiction, which I also write. And that's probably the biggest joy as a writer. So, Tim, you know the theme of the show is get the funk out. And what I hear you saying is writing and finding the funny sometimes when when you don't feel so funny is very cathartic. Absolutely. It's cathartic, and it also, um, it's a way of making sense of, you know, a world that doesn't always make sense. And Mm -hmm. I think if you're, if you're, if you're, this is why I inspire people to write, or I tell people to write, not because everyone's going to be published, not because that's everyone's dream, but because to put your story down is frequently to be able to make some sort of sense of, you know, what can be a, a, a tricky, challenging thing. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Growing up, my dad had had this great sense of humor, and we would play almost like verbal volleyball. You know, he'd say mm-hmm. something, I'd top him. And when you start doing that in life, you it grows into conversations, into your personality. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. And I think, you know, I read something recently that said, you know, choose a profession that forces you to look for the good in things because... Yes. Um, you know, like my dad's a radiologist and he's always looking for the errors in x-rays. He's always looking for the cancer. Yeah. And I think that means that he's, he can be a really critical person on himself too. Right. And so when you can choose a career where your job is to look for the good and the encouraging, yes. that, that bleeds over into your everyday life. It's, yes. it's, it's one of the, and by the way, your listeners don't, you know, you're, you're allowed to introduce that later in life. And that was one of my big lessons when I turned 30 was that I I was allowed to have a new dream and I was allowed to try something new. And we're so good at telling young people, I know I'm here to talk about cocktail books, but listen, (laughs) we're so, we're so good at telling young people, follow your dreams. We sometimes forget to tell adults that, but you're allowed to try something new. Absolutely. It's like you're chapter two in your life. It doesn't matter how old you are. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting. Sometimes, you know, you're going through a tough time and you might not think you're a very good writer, but I, I travel with a notebook and I'll be just scribbling down short stories or whatever I'm feeling. And mm-hmm. you don't know where that could lead, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. That, that's always how my stuff starts. I keep a big spreadsheet full of, you know, Better Nate Than Ever. My first book came out of I was working on a Broadway show called Billy Elliot uh, for several years, and I was watching these young kids, you know, graduate from playing this huge role and then kind of going back to public school, back to sort of reality. And Mm -hmm. I thought, what an interesting idea for a story. And it started just as a one line, again, sort of just the title. And, uh, And the biggest ideas frequently come from very, very small insights. And I hope your listeners know that it doesn't always have to be, you don't always have to know how you're going to tackle your next big thing. You just have to have an idea that's exciting enough for you to keep you motivated. Now, are you based in Manhattan? I am, yeah, based in, though a native Californian, but based in Manhattan. Okay, well, Uh I, I love how you just glossed over Billy Elliot. What was your role in Billy Elliot? Oh, I, I was one of the, I, I trained the kids as part of the choreographic staff. I was one of the uh, associate choreographers on the show and the dance department. So I've had like about 20 different careers, it feels like. But, you know, people ask me all the time, how did you go from dancing on Broadway? Because I danced in a bunch of shows. How did you go from dancing to writing books? It's all sort of the same. Yes. You know, it all came out of the instinct to find the story and to mm-hmm. find the meaning in situations that frequently felt like setbacks. And I will say... When I hear from readers, the things about my fiction that they tend to respond to the most 
are elements drawn from my life that at the time were the hardest thing I'd ever gone through. Interesting. And so, you know, that's really good for people to know that, uh, you know, what feels like a setback today could be your most interesting story tomorrow. Right. Whether it's a bad relationship or losing a job or switching gears or whatever it is. All of it. All of it. So you came up with this idea for this first book and were you thinking, what am I, am I out of my mind or, or were you, and probably people around you are like, uh, Tim, (laughs) what are you doing? Yeah. And and also people didn't think I could do it. I didn't think I could do it. I'm, I'm a cocktail fan, but I'm not a mixologist and I've never written nonfiction. I didn't go to college. I don't have a Mm -hmm. writing degree. I, I am not qualified for anything I've ever done. And uh, but you do one foot in front of the other. My favorite writing book is Anne Lamott's Bird by Bird, and one of the sections oh, talks about, yeah, you just approach it bird by bird. Yes. And uh, so you do it page by page. But yeah, tequila was, you know, I came up with a spreadsheet of 100 classic books. <laughs> I narrowed it down. Things like, are you there, God, it's me, Margaret, became, are you there, God, it's me, Margarita. <laughs> and uh, and then I taste tested and concocted and and, you know, silly, silly idea, teeny, tiny advance from my publisher, amazing publisher, Perseus. And it's gone on to sell like 200,000 copies. And it's just Whoa. a total, total life changer for me. And it was, and, and if I had listened to all the people who rolled their eyes and said, that's a funny joke, how are you going to do it? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have done anything. Right, right. You cannot listen to other people. No way. No way. You can't. You've got to surround yourself with people who say yes. That's a big one. It's a big one. So um, you got to have a book on how to deal with the hangover after tequila mocking. <laughs> no, that's true. Yeah, exactly. It's like I always say, please read responsibly. Right. <laughs> do you have like a YouTube channel or something for to how to do all these things that are in the book? Um, that's a good idea. You, you Janine, should. I would love you to launch that. Um, <laughs> no, I, what I do is um, the, the, the directions are pretty simple in the book, and I made sure the drinks are foolproof. Yeah. But um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and Tim Fetterly. I'm sort of I'm available on all platforms for your listeners. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Were there some challenges in you know writing another book along the same theme, or is it pretty easy? Uh, I now have three cocktail books, and the first one was the hardest because it was creating the concept and the format. Uh, as they went along, I, I knew how to approach it. But every writing project has its own challenges. Mm-hmm. And uh, frequently, the hardest thing for most people is to finish anything. That's the hardest thing, including for me. Mm-hmm. And so uh, if you can get through an entire draft of something before you go back and edit, that is uh, essential, I think, to being an actual full-time writer. You've got to stick with things long enough to um, have something to go back and edit. Right. Right. It's interesting. I, I usually mention on the show, I went to the UCI screenwriting program here, and I mm-hmm. my script now is completely different from when I first started, but I, I keep thinking, that's okay. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter as long as things get better and they progress. Absolutely. Get better and, 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 and you know, screenplays and Broadway shows and, and plays are, are kind of living documents. You know that even if you go into rehearsal with them, they're going to change. Very different from a book, which is a more, in some ways, I think more personal or it's a more singular piece because it's your name on it and it's not a collaborative medium. Yes. Um, and so it, it's a, it takes a big mind jump to say, I'm going to do a whole lot. I'm writing a movie right now for Nickelodeon, which is a blast. And every time I turn in a draft, I think, okay, this is, this is a version of what I hope it ends up being. But, you know, you have to have the patience to say it's the long game. Mm-hmm. 
it's interesting. I, I want to ask you about your project for Nickelodeon, but yeah. isn't it funny how you have these projects? I mean, here you're writing books about drinks and these creative names, but all these things you do make you happier and contribute to your creativity. Uh, is that a question? No, <laughs> uh, it's a statement. Uh, would you agree? Yeah, I would, and, I, and it took me a really long time to find the right career. Um, yeah. I think one of the things that's really unique to creative people is nobody ever wants to hear their, you know, actors. It's like no one ever wants to hear their working actors' friends complain about stuff because it's hard to make a living. Right. But the truth is, for my 20s, I was making an okay living as a creative person, but it still didn't feel like the right fit, and that's a very tricky, you know, any nine-to-fiver can complain, and we kind of get that, but creatives, it's harder. Right. So, so yeah, writing books now, I finally feel like I'm, I'm really doing what I want to be doing. Well, they say as an actor, you have to do a lot of different things. You can't just do one specific thing. You have to make yourself very well-rounded and... Yeah. You know, so you don't go in and you're like, man, I got to ne- get this audition and, you know, you know what I mean? Like, you got to have a full I life. I do. I totally do. And I, and I agree with that. I think it's really, um, really important to stay versatile. I was always lucky that I, I never did the, uh, I never did the day job thing, but it doesn't mm-hmm. mean I, I didn't do a whole bunch of jobs where I was wearing funny costumes and not being at home and, you know, doing kind of silly gigs. Right, right. Tell me about your Nickelodeon show. Um, it's a movie. It's a little top secret right now, but I'm okay. writing a movie musical for Nickelodeon, working with a really great team over there. And uh, you know, it's it, I write middle I write books for middle schoolers as well. And this is oh. this is sort of combining all of my love, which is the kind of aspect of lies and going back to the you know the world of lots of people in the room but also writing which is so fun to use my voice so uh fingers crossed that keeps getting moved along that's great do you have a bucket list of other things that you want to do oh i do yeah i do but i think my bucket list mainly has to do with making a living as a creative person and and so i feel i'm doing it and that Mm -hmm. i'm really lucky actually to be doing it yeah let me ask you this for people that want to be more creative and they feel kind of stuck are there things that you do that keep you moving along in that direction oh boy yeah uh sometimes uh, frequently for me it's about sort of motivational phrases and, and books cheryl Strait has a book called tiny beautiful things that i love julia cameron has a book called the right to write that was really life-changing for me um yeah, a big one is, you know, don't let your feelings or emotions about something necessarily dictate how it's actually going. Um, I have a, my first young adult novel coming out next March, and uh, it's actually getting the best reviews of anything I've ever written. And I was cringing really? when I turned it in, thinking, oh, God, <laughs> I think maybe this is my worst book. So let the, wor- let the world decide where to put your thing. Your job is to make the thing. Right, right. Oh, that's so funny that you're cringing over this thing that people love. Yeah, I kind of went, oh, I think this is maybe my worst book yet. And it's actually, you know, getting some pretty great early word. And, and I just think that's really important for people to remember. Let the critics do their job. Your job is to make. Right, right. Absolutely. What are, oh, by the way, back to your drinking books. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some popular, uh, are there some, like, drinks that stand out? I mean, the names are hysterical. Uh, yeah, you know, my favorite drink in the new one uh, is called White Russian Christmas. It's from the movie musical section. Uh, the Gamma the Gin is divided into five 
genre sections as if you're scrolling Netflix. So mm-hmm. there's like drinks inspired by comedies, dramas, thrillers. Uh, white Russian Christmas, of course, inspired by the 1950s classic. It's a white Russian with an eggnog and peppermint element. So it's seasonal mm-hmm. white Russian. Nice. And uh, for all of them, I love that one. And for all of the movies, I got to dive in and research and rewatch. And something I thought was interesting about that one was I did not realize that George Clooney's aunt, Rosemary Clooney, was the star of that film. Oh. I also didn't realize that the song White, White Christmas was, in, was uh, introduced 10 years earlier on Bing Crosby's radio show. Uh, and then That's the cool. most popular drink I think I've ever written was, is called Are You There, God, It's Me, Margarita. It's from <laughs> Tequila Mockingbird. It was a clue on Jeopardy last year, and Judy it. Bloom herself tweeted at me about it and said she approved. So oh, I love I it. Was yeah, it was pretty pretty darn cool. That was an exciting day and moment. Let me throw out a couple of these other ones. A sidecar named Desire. Whis- uh-huh, it's a southern sidecar inspired by the uh, a classic film. Whiskey Business. Exa- yep, that's, again, the, the, the Tom Cruise film. Of course, we had to include some modern classics as well. So cute. Close Encounters of the Slurred Kind. That's my favorite pun in the book. That was a movie that almost didn't get made because the concept of friendly alien visitors at the time seemed very foreign to the studio, who Steven Spielberg really fought to make that movie. I love it. I would think these books are very timely right now. Uh, Well, there is a Star Wars cocktail, The Empire Likes Jack, which is a Jack Daniels <laughs> and vanilla ice cream cocktail. Yeah, I think they're timely. I also I hope they're timeless in the sense that yes. the fun thing about writing about books and movies is that I hope there doesn't seem as if they're going anywhere. And so it's right. really fun to reach readers who, um, you know, keep rediscovering these kinds of classics. Mm-hmm. You must have fun holiday parties. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, do. I do, and I, I do, and I also, um, I'm also a big believer that for those listeners out there who are intimidated to throw a holiday party, hide all of your liquor, because if, if people see 20 different bottles, they'll ask for 20 different drinks. Just make one group cocktail in a big punch yes. bowl. Call it the house cocktail, and you'll look like you actually had a plan. Exactly. Uh, could you throw out your website or people can find out more information about you and your books? Yeah, yeah. My last name's Federley, uh, but if you Google Tequila Mockingbird book, you can find me, Tim Federley. And then uh, all my information about books, movies, and musical I'm working on, it's all on my website, Twitter, Instagram, all of it. Well, I want to thank you so much. Any last bit of advice for people getting through the craziness of the holidays? Uh, yeah, alternate drinks with water, and keep in <laughs> mind that if your family's driving you crazy, they're just doing their job. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Thanks Thank so you much. so much, Tim. Take care. That was Tim Fetterle, author of Gone with the Gin, Hickory Dackery Dock, and Tequila Mockingbird. You heard that correctly. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. If you missed any part of the first half of Get the Funk Out, It will be up on my blog uh, about an hour after I wrap. We're going to take a little music break, and then at the second half, uh, we're going to have award-winning writer, producer, director, and singer-songwriter Annie Dahlgren is going to join me around 9.30.